I could be at home right now watching more movies. <laughs> I could be watching movies that I don't need to talk about in a podcast. <laughs> Okay, because I'm waiting for you to interrupt. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Why would I do that? Why would I ever do that? <laughs> the biggest dick. <laughs> yes, uh, Matt, I do have the biggest dick. Big dick. Oh, yeah. I used to wear those uh, big dick clothes <laughs> with the dog on it. Big dick, right? Rolling with the big yeah, dick. Yeah, I think you might have that word confused. <laughs> nah, I think I got it right. D-I-K, right? That would be funny <laughs> if there was a parody clothing line, which was just a bunch <laughs> of those black and white dogs with giant dogs. <laughs> Big dick. You know, you know there's a screen print shop on a yeah. boardwalk somewhere <laughs> who already makes it. That also reminds me of one of my favorite Lowell strips, which is just a kid like coming out of the closet, but instead of like saying that he's gay, he's like, Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm a big dog. <laughs> and Dad's like, no son of mine is a big dog. He's like, screw your rules. And he's like giving him the middle finger and riding his bike away. <laughs> or no, I think a dog rides up yeah. on a motorcycle and he gets on the car. <laughs> And then they just so ride awesome. off, and then the sun sets. A dog with sunglasses <laughs> rolls up. That's great. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome to Enter the Critic, a podcast where we discuss uh, movies and trailers, our and personal news lives, and personal lives, and comics that we've read on the internet. How much have we talked about my divorce on this show? Uh not nice enough. One. Not nice enough. one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Marriage. Uh, well, I'm Chris Klump. With me, as always, is... Parker Lindstrom. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Cut me to the quick on that one you did. Uh, I'm Matt Schaefer. Okay, nobody, well, I, ca- nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I was nobody totally, cares. totally introduced to Parker. I, I'm moving Parker to edge you out, so yeah. I need you to be... He's, <laughs> you're <laughs> moving him to the top of the lineup <laughs> after <right>. Chris... <laughs> That's Sorry, right. Matt. You just weren't pulling your weight around here, kid. <laughs> so, uh, this week we are going to be discussing Oblivion, the Tom Cruise sci-fi fiasco. <laughs> and, fiasco. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right, all right. And the the low budget, under the radar, no one else has heard of it except for us. John dies at the end. I think some some people have heard of it. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure at least half our have. listeners who probably saw the movie with with us <laughs> have That's heard right. of this movie. That's right. So. All right. But before we get into all that, let's get into some news. The headline. Tom Hiddleston out of The Crow reboot. Alexander Skarsgård in. Mm. This uh, brings up two things. Number one, they're making a Crow reboot? Really? I didn't know this. At least I don't. If I did know it, I forgot about it. Well, you um, know, there's a whole generation of high school kids that haven't had the proper goth icons to really latch on to. Right, so we right. need to bring that back to give all those leather-clad, uh, leather-cad depressing kids something to worship. Does this mean stock in Hot Topic has risen? Oh, yeah. When that movie comes out, you, you betcha. Bye, all, bye, bye. All the all the depressed teenagers are going to go like, 80, we could buy trip pants again. All right. Oh, man. This is what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. I did not see The Crow, the original Crow, until my fiance sat me down and she's like, I love this movie. You have to watch this movie. (laughs) And upon seeing it, 
I will say it's very 90s. It has a very yeah. 90s feel. But it's pretty good. It's aged okay. I mean, okay. it's not. It's it hasn't aged poorly. No, I mean, yeah, I think still the, the first one has decent had decent reviews. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, at the time it was really just huge, and Which like I said, uh, twenty almost almost twenty years later, it's mm. it's still pretty good. Did he he died in the sequel? No, he died in the original. He, he died did, in the filming he, okay. of the first one. Yeah, that was Brandon Lee. And then, how far along into filming was he when he died? Was there is there a story there? Did they have if to I remember do correctly, anything with a replacement? Uh, no, they filled it all in with body doubles, and then it obviously was mostly completed. Then it was pretty much completed. Okay. And if I remember, and I could I could be wrong about this. If I remember right, they filled him in with body doubles, and they just like cut out the footage that they weren't going to use, and like kind of digitally try to place it in. Yeah, but it was all but complete. But apparently, Tom Hiddleston, known, of course, as Loki in Thor and the Avengers, or if you're my fiancé, he was apparently in a whole bunch of BBC crap. Uh, Lots of Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. Because he had actually worked with uh, the director, whose name escapes me, of the first Thor movie. He had worked with him before. Uh I think he was originally going to be Thor. Yeah, he originally... Which would have been a very poor casting He originally tried out for Thor... And they said, no, we don't want you for Thor. You're too skinny. You're t- yeah, why don't you be Gangling Loki? Skinny. And he's like, hey, whatever, does it pay the same? I'll take <laughs> it. So he uh, was rumored to be the crow. And he's apparently out. And Alexander Skarsgård. Or Skarsgård. Skarsgård. It's impossible to say his name without doing that. Alexander Skarsgård is apparently going to be in. Wow, so... However, from being I know sexy to sexier. I basically. know almost nothing of Alexander Skarsgård. I know only of Stellan Skarsgård. So yeah, he was in Melancholia. Okay, the Melancholia. Lars von Trier movie. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, that was the last thing that I I had not seen that one. That I saw that he heard was that in. movie was depressing as hell. It is. It is about as depressing as you can get with a movie about the end of the world, other than the road. <laughs> Damn. And well, that's a high order. Well, this is the end of the world happening. The road is after the end of the world happens. Right, right. So, so it looks like they're going after him. So more more power to him. Looks like Kelsey Grammer is cast as the villain, the human villain, in Transformers Four. See, you would have had me. You would have had yep. me excited if you would have said that he was reprising his role as Beast in a <laughs> cameo for the next Transformers. Um, movie. yeah, Transformers Four. The movie series that nobody wants to keep going with nobody's happy with i don't know i don't know why they're doing more movies Um, hey you know what though sometimes that's when they get good when everyone else stops caring and they just they give somebody a shot that they're like yeah you know what who's directing it oh who do you think oh bay's still doing it oh never mind (laughs) i thought they might be changing the guard no oh although i'm reading some of the cast here mark Wahlberg. um, okay Megan Fox obviously still isn't oh, in hell it because no. they no, 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 he no, hates no. her now. No, one, one, <laughs> Megan Fox did the one thing you never want to do as an actor, which is go publicly saying that a, a director you worked with is worse. Like com- I think she compared him to Hitler or something like that. Like yeah. she did something real. And it's like nope, you're not working again. You're done. <laughs> yeah, don't compare. Just call him an asshole, which yeah. he is. He is. A, yeah. So yeah, he's a yeah. But I, don't I, compare I've him read... to Hitler. Don't use the uh, whatever that rule is. The internet rule. Uh, Godwin's Law. Godwin's Law, yeah. Yeah. Don't oh, and also, um, St- Stanley Tucci is in it 
for okay. one reason or another, I guess. I mean, that's cool. The, the Tooch can be in whatever he You wants. know what? I haven't seen one since the first one, but I might have to go see this because of that well, cast. I saw the first one, and my thoughts were, I hate this. And everyone told it. me everyone told it. me I was wrong, so I, I gave him the, the benefit of the doubt. The first one had John Turturro, and he did nothing to help that. In fact, he no. himself no. was pretty bad in it. Yeah. So. Well, he was in the second one, too. Yeah. And the second one I hated... More. From the get-go. Right. And everyone else finally came on board and like, yes, this is a terrible film. Did you see Dark of the Moon? Uh, no, because at that point I'm like, nope, you're, you're, you're that, out for two. I heard, I I heard Dark of, of the Moon is, is better than the second one. But that's not saying much if you yeah, hated the first that's, one. That's, that's not saying a whole heck of a lot. Pretty neutral. So, all right. You know what, though? Michael Bay, he's, a, he's an a-hole. Uh, but not all of his movies are completely unenjoyable. Oh, no, he's so, done some great films. So... Uh, he has boys? it in him. He has it in him to really lock it down and do a fully entertaining, unannoying Transformers movie. And is Shia LaBeouf in the next one? Uh, I think not. I think. Well, the there you go. Out. Megan Fox isn't in it. Shia LaBeouf isn't is it? Isn't in it? And it they were the chance. two reasons I despise. Because right, they're the first horribly one. dislikable leads, both of them. Yeah. So I'm one take of them the out few, of the equation. I, I, I think I'm one of the few people who can go public and say, like, I really don't like Shia LaBeouf. I hate, I've hated You're one of the everything. few people? One of the few every time billions I tell people, of people? Every time I tell people I hate Shia LaBeouf, I get a, what? You've got to be kidding you me. You hate Shia Every, sh- everyone like everyone loves Shia. Every time, everyone no, I talk to no one loves seems Shia, to LaBeouf. Love Shia LaBeouf. I hate Shia LaBeouf. Everyone does. Who He's, have you talked to that say they love him? I, I off the top of my head, I can't think. It's just every time it seems like, it, like even to, like I'll say it in public and people walking by would just look at me like you bastard. I would venture. How dare you? How dare you hate Shia? I, I would venture to say that any human male in our age range <laughs> that that gives two shits about movies probably hates Shia LaBeouf. Well, well I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one then because God, do I hate he's Shia just, LaBeouf. He's just annoying. So. And long live um, Joseph, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, yeah. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt is basically the anti-Shia LaBeouf. The he looks buff. kind of like him. He's about the same age. He's also a childhood star that rose to acclaim. But he's like completely likable and unannoying, and also has and a there's little no more reason. credibility. Like seriously, there's no reason for Shia LaBeouf to exist now that Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> now that exists. we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like there's no of... reason for his existence other than to be in shitty movies that nobody likes. It's like every time uh, Joseph Gordon or, or Jogo Love, as he's being called, uh, shows up on screen, Shia just like oh, oh, people love him. One more step to obscurity because he's not a dick. All right, and the last bit of news here. Don Cheadle talks possible War Machine movie. Okay. I feel like there's, there's first of all, enter the comic critic. Yes, I that's feel right. Because like <laughs> you can't talk about <laughs> movies these days without, <laughs> without talking about, about comic comics. books. I feel like there's better ways to use Marvel's resources than a War Machine movie. If Marvel feels that Avengers gave it a blank check to just... Let's do whatever you bring, want. Let's There's still so out. many things you let's can do that are a better out. a better investment, though. I Nobody, like. I mean, when when Iron Man was announced, most people I talked to and and a lot of news uh, like movie news sources claimed that okay, here's this Iron Man movie, a movie about a comic book character that nobody knows anything about. Right. And Iron Man was definitely not like a top tier superhero for the non comic book crowd, but like, for Marvel. 
he was top tier. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're a comic book re- reader, you knew who he was and right. you knew a lot about him. But a lot of people I talked to who did not read comic books but loved movies knew either nothing or next to nothing about Iron Man. That's true. So they're going to know even less about War Machine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, except for what we already except know. Except for what we know from the movies. Which, which is, is fine. It would Cheadle. just be it would just be a spinoff. And it's like, you, you're, you're probably getting enough War Machine in the Iron Man movies that and you... We already have... You're getting all you need. We, as far as spinoffs, we already have Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. We already have Ant-Man. We already have Doctor Strange. Right. Do we and need a War Machine? Those aren't necessarily spinoffs because they're all self-sustaining characters with their own exactly. parts of the Marvel exactly. Universe. War Machine pretty much just has a lot of overlap with the stuff that Tony Stark is dealing with. Right, right. So yeah, it's exactly. like, why do we want to spend that much time on it? But whatever. You know. And from what I've read, and I have not you know, delved a lot into the Iron Man comics, but from what I understand, in the Iron Man comics, him and War Machine have a very interesting and intricate relationship that you could just tell that that could be another Iron Man movie. Right. Unless they are thinking that maybe they're not going to be able to make an Iron Man 4. I mean, maybe... You know, Robert Downey well, Jr. is getting tired of it. Or? Yeah, might be getting tired of it. So which would be knows? a shame. That would be a I, shame. I, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that because then he probably wouldn't do the Avengers either. Anyway, well, that well, then again, it depends how much money they throw his way. Right. It'd be weird though to have individual movies with another actor and then have him in the Avengers. That'd be kind of strange. That would be strange. Uh, but hey, everybody. While we're talking about Iron Man, the, uh, some of you may have already seen this movie by the time the episode airs. But next time. Next episode, uh, Iron Man 3 will be reviewed, so stay tuned. Wait, we're doing Iron Man 3? I thought really? maybe... I know it's a little cliche, but... I mean, it's... I know it's not it that big of a movie. I know it's not oh. too much of a big deal to too many people, but I figured, you know, what else is in theaters, right? Yeah, I, I mean, at this time of year. I yeah. Guess. I mean, just throwing it, a lot at us. Actually, I just, I just read a uh, news article that I didn't think we could get a lot of uh mileage out of talking about it but the international sales for iron man 3 have already outdone avengers what that's what that at least that was the i i didn't wow read the article i just read the headline and the headline said that iron man 3 international sales have already outsold avengers international sales wow so that's pretty impressive yeah, movie. I'm I'm excited. Everything. Well, who cares? We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it then. But yeah, it's coming up next week. All right, let's move on to some trailers. Uh, this week we saw the trailer for Elysium, mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P.D., mm-hmm. and Only God Forgives. Yes, sir. And we also, if we have time, I want to talk about the WonderCon trailer for. Pacific Rim. I know we already talked a lot about Pacific Rim, but after seeing this trailer, I just want to keep there's, talking about There's just about one it. thing I want to address, and then we'll be good. Uh, for me, there's like two, but it's, yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump into uh, Elysium. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen this trailer, check it out. It's uh, Matt Damon, Jodie Foster, with... Who else is Who else is in this? I don't know, but the director is the, the same, same director... Uh, of District 9. Of District 9. Yes. Whose name escapes me because I can't remember anything tonight. Uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yes. Blomkamp, however you Neil say Blomkamp. it. Neil Blomkamp. And it looks similar to District 9 just in the sense that it looks amazing. Like visually, 
It just oh, it looks it, absolutely it, it looks, amazing. It looks like one of the best looking sci fi films which, in the past couple years. Which District Nine was brilliant for many reasons, and mm-hmm. one of them being that it was a very low budget, right? And but yet it looked it looked amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's very this Neil Blomkamp. I feel like if I can go on a little tangent, I feel no, like is, is truly the next big thing in at least science fiction films because. His original short film that he uh, debuted before he ever made District 9 is uh, like a similar plot. It's just these aliens, these like mech-suited aliens coming to Earth and sort of being treated like, you know, second-rate citizens. And, you know, it was done with... He, he didn't have a movie director's budget at the time, but if you go look it up, and I will pull up the name for that, it, it just looks so good. Mm-hmm. And there was mm-hmm. talks immediately after he uh, put out that short film that he was going to be the guy to do the Halo movie because he just has that look of a, a really awesome, high-tech, futurist, futuristic um, landscape mixed with devastation and yes. war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a theme that runs through you know everything that we've seen with, with him thus, thus far. The, the only movie of his Alive life. in, alive in uh, Joburg. Oh, Joburg okay. was the uh, short film. Yeah, the only film of his that I have seen is District Nine. Uh, it looks like he's done a lot of, a lot of television. But I think he got his start in um, advertising, actually, in TV commercials. Just judging off of District Nine, he is an incredible visual director, and can really just lock down special effects. He does a really good job with that, and that that movie is just for being. What 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 could have just been a loud, dumb, visually uh, impressive sci-fi film mm-hmm. ends up being incredibly emotional, nuanced, incredibly diverse. Yeah, it's very very much it's so. It's pretty much a different movie every forty-five minutes or so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited. For going Elysium. into that, seeing the trailer for Elysium, just it just looks amazing, and it looks very it, again, it looks visual. Yeah. And then it looks like it's going to have a lot to say in my opinion that's when sci-fi is utilized best and perhaps most importantly it just looks badass yeah when's the last really time does. you've seen matt damon and the first thing that came to your mind was badass Cause matt damon's a great actor not known well for being born s- yeah born films but, but other but than like that a slick like a slick like spy suave like badass yeah this matt damon is in some crazy mech suit and you just know that shit's gonna go yeah, down. In, like, in, in it, the trailer, it shows them putting this suit on the table, and then and and he's laying down on top of it. And then you hear a guy go, "Hey, get the bone saw!" And you're <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh man!" And we don't. I mean, we're assuming that the suit does something to hack into the the system. I guess the storyline is there's Earth, and then there's this like Elysium place, which is where all the rich good people go. Mm-hmm. And I guess this suit that which he gets kind of looks a little bit like Halo. Just saying. Uh, the oh, the, the Elysium itself. Yeah, Elysium I was gonna looks say. a little bit like the Yeah, Halo it definitely, it definitely does. I've played literally 10 minutes of Halo and said, to hell with this game, so I know nothing about <laughs> it. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> got on so. the, you got on, online and started playing with five-year-olds from Great Britain. No, said, no, 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 no. I just... I played it one... I played the first... Plur- oh, why are we talking about fucking video <laughs> games? I played the first... Uh, the the single player campaign for like ten minutes. I'm like, I hate this game so much. I'm going back to Unreal <laughs> Tournament '99. I'm out of here. It's too slow. I'm going back to Unreal Tournament 2K4. I'm out. 
No, but so I, Elysium I am, looks fantastic. Elysium, after seeing this trailer, ha- has probably skyrocketed to my most anticipated movie of this year. Oh yeah, yeah. So to the point where we were excited. talking about seeing Oblivion, and we were talking about not seeing it in like IMAX extravaganza. Parker got it mixed up with Elysium and got really upset with us. He's like, yeah, Elysium he like, looks brilliant. Why why don't you think it's worth it? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the recording of last episode and we were like, uh, I don't know if I feel like seeing this in IMAX. And he's like, What? Yeah. <laughs> and then we we of course were just huh? What? We're like, what's the big deal? It doesn't look that good. So. Alright, what's uh, our next trailer? Oh, only God forgives. This is also <laughs> This has also immediately become a very anticipated movie for me. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, it stars Ryan Gosling. Of course. And it has the same director of Drive, I believe. I uh, yes, same director of Drive, uh, Nicholas Winding Ruthin. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but Here, let me deal find with it. it and correct you. Yeah, go ahead. You, you have added that. Now, when the first part, most of this trailer, there's no speaking. It's almost all music and just... just flashes of imagery Mm -hmm. and my first thought was after drive and the place beyond the pines i felt worried that ryan gosling was going to get typecast as the quiet psychopath right and this movie does nothing to (laughs) ease my fears (laughs) but but it's okay but it's okay it's okay because it looks awesome it's okay because it looks really badass and to um, be fair he's at least a different shade of that character in this movie he definitely is not he doesn't appear to be shy or withdrawn he just appears right. to be a silent he, he just, killer yeah, yeah now as far as what this movie's about no idea it uh, looks like it takes place in some with the yakuza some, or somewhere in asia uh, thailand is what it thailand uh oh wait here we go i'm, I'm checking out the IMDb. bangkok bangkok so yep. yeah I wonder if it'll be better than the Nicolas Cage movie, Bangkok. <laughs> I forget what was that movie called? Oh, I forget what... I think that was just called Bangkok. Um, well, that depends on what you judge as better. <laughs> 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 it will be better in some ways and not others. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Ryan Gosling just doing what I am loving him in now. Like, he's just doing it again. And I'm like, okay, I, you know what? I should be upset and I should be tired of this, but I'm not. <laughs> It does raise questions because, like, he's clearly a really good actor. Yeah. But you, you wonder really if good... that's only limited to... And I thought about this. We, we Chris and I both saw The Place Beyond the Pines this past week. And I thought about this, and I was like, I wonder if it's possible to be a really good actor in only a certain way like that. Where, like, you're really good at doing just that one thing. But moving out of it is just like, and all it re- would require is like him just being a little more like animated and having more dialogue. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, before Ryan Gosling got into the whole drive, you know, setup, you know, mentality, wasn't he known for doing like rom coms? Not really. His first his breakout hit was uh, the the whatchamacallit, the that that well, you're chick, on fire that chick today. Flick. I can't remember. Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't he known for doing so chick flicks? I can't remember anything. He was in Murder by Numbers. I forgot about that. He was in The Notebook. Like, yeah, that's notebook. what I knew him from until he came out with Drive. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to start taking him remember seriously Remember the Titans. He was a little kid in Remember the Titans. He was still playing that, that quiet, reserved character because he was the one that I think people thought he was gay because he played 
Sunshine, I think. But I yeah, I remember him being pretty quiet and reserved in that role too. No, he's always been doing this, dude. He's always been playing like don't give him too many lines. He'll just look good and kind of, you know, be brooding. But he's I think it's it's more than that as far as him being a great actor. I think he's just a minimalist actor. You know what I mean? I like he just, he does just, a lot with just I think he's just a minimal really I think that's the way he is. I mean, I haven't seen extensive interviews or anything with him, but I would have to assume that he's just a really low-key guy, and how he approaches every character is through that kind of lens. Yeah, because he just know. he does a lot with just a glance and like kind of looking around, and he, he doesn't he doesn't have no he's long definitely monologues. He's, he doesn't have a lot of yeah, dialogue. He's definitely a, a good actor, and I would disagree with people that would be like, oh. He doesn't have any range. He's a bad actor. Like, I think there's plenty of actors in Hollywood that don't necessarily do... They aren't character actors, but they're right. still good actors. Yeah, no. Um, I don't need him to try to tackle shit like Daniel Day-Lewis is right. doing. Like, I don't need him to do no. that. That's, yeah. I, I guess if he's going to get typecast as, like, the quiet, psychotic guy... You know what? It, yeah. It, do, do what you're good at. <laughs> go, go, yeah, going back to this movie, though, it definitely... Applies to that whole quiet psychotic guy because he and several other characters brandish samurai swords and shoot people up, and it just looks like a rip roaring good time. Mm-hmm. It is a running time of ninety minutes, which seems very appealing to me. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because like I've seen so many movies lately that I just felt like this was good for like a while, and then I, I was caring. loving an hour so, and a half of this, and then we still and had then, another hour and then to it, go. it got too long. And a ninety-minute movie with like you know the Bangkok underworld just seems like a rip-roaring good time to me. Yeah. So I I will I will definitely see that, and I'm pretty excited for that as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, we also saw a trailer for R.I.P.D. That we did. Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, <laughs> this it's basically, <laughs> it's basically you can look at it a couple different ways. It is. Uh, I think you're forced to uh, listen um, and um, look at it a couple different ways. It's like there's a so Men much in, going now, on. Now this is based film. on a comic, which I don't know if the comic predates Men in Black, but it definitely has the strong feeling of a Men in Black like oh, ripoff slash yeah. like. It's like Men know. in Black is slammed with Ghostbusters. Yeah. So the whole premise of the of the movie that that I gather from the trailer is that in the afterlife there is a police department. Ryan a secret, Reynolds, a secret police department, a secret police department with, though, with white walls and like shiny technology ju- and just, guns, just like just, just like, like Men, Men in Black. Black. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is killed in. Real life in the line goes of, line of in, duty. The, in the line of duty. He's a cop, and he goes to the RIPD, and they team him up with Jeff Bridges, who is playing Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> I can do Trudy nothing Red. for you, son. He is. He is exactly Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> it's. I mean, he's lost a little weight, but other than that, he's the same <laughs> damn character, who is apparently some old See, Texas lawman and. The the instant I saw him in the trailer, everything was okay. When I realized that he was playing Rooster Cogburn again in a movie that is so far removed from that universe, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to treat this as the uh, as the sequel 
the <laughs> the unofficial <laughs> sequel to True Grit. The unofficial sequel to True Grit. After because Rooster dies, sense. after it Rooster dies at the end sense. of True Grit. Yeah, he is one of the founding. Just like K in yep. Men in Black, he's one yep. of the founding members of R.I.P.D. How many men have I shot or killed? <laughs> shot or killed. <laughs> I can't remember any other movie uh, lines from the movie. I can do nothing for you, son. That man wanted to be buried. He'd do himself a favor <laughs> getting shot in July. <laughs> Just like me. Because uh. I'm dead. <laughs> Get it? Uh. This movie looks, I mean, it is. It looks exactly like you just took, like, Mary, Lou- Mary Louise Parker is basically Rip Torn's character mm-hmm. in yep. <laughs> Men in Black. Uh, um, who else is in this? Kevin Bacon is in this? Really? Really? Huh. I haven't I'm, seen I'm down with that. him in a film I've liked And he's while. one of the central... He's probably the bad guy. Oh, snap. James Hong... Yes, he is. ...is in this film. He, I believe, is the physical representation of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And... That is that is who he is playing. I, oh, God. I love James Hong. And, and anything he's in, he's always great. So, this movie looks ridiculous... And I don't think it's going to do well, even if it is good. Yeah, Because no. it looks like a little kid's movie, but it's rated PG-13, so who knows? I think it's going to be fun. Oh, I, I think, think it's going to be fun, but it's going to be stupid. I like, and I'm okay with you that. You know what? I like I like uh, Jeff Bridges a whole lot, and Ryan Reynolds, even at his worst, doesn't annoy me too much. I am a big fan, Yeah, despite I, I, a lot like, of his career choices. I, I like Ryan Reynolds Big in fan of Ryan Reynolds. Although he does look like he's just playing an odd character in this movie like he doesn't have a lot of like charisma he just seems like he's playing a guy who's like dazed and confused at what's going on like i'm dead you're my partner are you a cowboy yeah i I can fall out of a building and be okay this is all so weird (laughs) and it's like i kind of fish out of water yeah I'd, i'd rather him talk back to jeff bridges more and be the dick that he often is so well that would be almost too much like that, men in black that would be a lot maybe, like maybe that's where the producer drew, drew the line like whoa 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 no 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 you cannot do that that's too much like men in black <laughs> he just picks up this ghostly little uh pistol that's barely the size of a a derringer and he's like i gotta get me one of these <laughs> <laughs> boy last but not least we're gonna talk about pacific rim again why? Because that trailer looks awesome. Even if you've seen the trailer for Pacific Rim, go watch. Go this one. watch the WonderCon. Yep. Trailer for Pacific Rim, and because it is wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. The two big things for me, they have a just a single shot. He doesn't say anything. He's wearing dark sunglasses, but of course you can tell. Ron Perlman. Yep. Just turns around like he turns his head and looks into the camera and I instantly just went squeak. Mm-hmm. I love Ron Perlman. Also this, I love Ron Perlman in anything he's in. Uh this trailer, I believe, unless we just got glimpses of him and I missed it, is the first um glimpses we get of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. That's the character's name. Yeah, the guy um, that I mistaken as uh JJ Abrams. Yeah, Chris thought it was JJ. <laughs> I don't. First, I, was I like, don't watch. Uh, no, that's Charlie often. from "It's Always Sunny." I've uh, not seen "It's Always Sunny." Yeah, and that is um, his actual name, actually, Charlie Day. Yeah, this is the first time we see his character at least saying dialogue, and he seems like he has a pretty extensive part, which I like. And mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like 
terribly goofy or at all like Charlie. So that's cool. I don't think anything in this movie is going to be wacky. But it's still going to be fun. Oh, it's it's fun as hell. Great. One thing that... The, o- the other thing I wanted to talk about yeah, was when the... In the very last scene of the trailer, it shows the giant robot like strutting through the city towards oh, yes, one of the this monsters. Is what I was gonna say. And he's carrying behind him like an oil tanker. <laughs> and he uses a it as a baseball tanker. bat. <laughs> and he smashes the monster's face with it. The second oh, I saw that, so awesome. we both started laughing. We're like, yes, this is exactly what this oh, needs to be. This ridiculous and over the top and just brilliant. Guillermo del Toro. This is, and he has done this in the past in some, he's done it in Hellboy and he's done it in a few other films, but he has a way at tapping into the things that make the little boy in men happy. Oh, yeah. If I can say that without that sounding too weird. Yeah, it, it definitely strange. brings out the inner the inner uh, tween. Because it's not men. a movie, it will be a movie that will appeal to, to young boys, but... I think people that are even more excited for it are like guys our age or maybe a late twenties, early thirties. That guys. this just brings back everything that so many things that they love about their childhood, and it's all prepackaged and given to us on a silver platter. Yeah, I can't. Oh god! And I can't to, wait. to sort of contrast the the discussion we were having before about you know actors that only do one thing, I love that almost every actor in this is like a character actor. Right. Of, of some form. Like, it was almost, like, very purposeful that, like, this this movie is having actors that, that seem to always play, like, thi- you know, characters outside, like Ron Perlman, Idris Elba. I, I really like that, that they're kind of going with that direction with the cast. That's all just these really diverse actors and, and actresses. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Let's just I... face the facts. There's no way it's going to be bad. No, there's no way <laughs> I, uh, they can screw it there's, up. There's no way I, I see this being bad at this point. From what I've seen, I am going to love it. Yeah, I, I cannot see this movie being being bad. I, just, I can't wait. All right, well, let's move on and talk about some movies that we saw. Let's start off with Oblivion. A veteran assigned to extract Earth's remaining resources begins to question what he knows about his mission and himself. This movie stars Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise, Morgan Freeman, Olga Kirilenko. Kirilenko? Uh, of Bond fame. She was the Bond girl in uh, which, the one. Which, which Bond movie? I don't, because I didn't recognize her. Oh, she was in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, okay, Quantum, yeah. She was now, a Bond now girl I remember. in Quantum now, of Solace. Now I remember. Who has the distinction of being one of the few Bond girls that I know of that James Bond does not sleep with. So how is she a Bond? She's, she's not a Bond girl. Though, she's dude. still the... Dude, he doesn't... Yeah. I don't think he, he might have... He might have sex with somebody in the movie, but there's he doesn't really have a relationship with any girl in the movie. She's the closest thing to a Bond girl in the movie, uh, so I think she is given that title. And then... Eight, oh, if you can pronounce the other, who's this? Uh, Andrea Risenborough. Risenborough. That's how yeah. you pronounce. Okay. Um, who's been in like nothing? I lo- I looked up. No, her. she's been in very little. Uh, she's going to be in a, a low budget film with Clive Owen oh, okay. called Shadow Dancer. She's good. Year. I mean, she's um, she's pretty good. Now this movie is going to be very difficult to talk about without Spoiling too many it. spoilers. So let's do let's do half and half. Yeah, we'll we'll do a quick here. One of the things about this movie that did bother me a little bit was the 
the trailer gives one of the twists away out of the gate. Um, what? Oh, that the aliens are people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I pieced yeah, yeah. that together before I even well, saw yeah, the movie. Well, yeah, the trailer but, does yeah. give it away. Yeah. The trailer does really give it away. Annoying. So. But Oblivion starts out where it's just Adrian uh, Risenborough and Tom Cruise, and they are the last. They make it out to be they're the last people on Earth, and they are security and drone maintenance. They're a team who happen to be right. kind of. Now, they're not the last humans. The rest of the human population is on Titan. Titan, yes. And they have had their memory erased for reasons that aren't really clear. Well, you kind of get the idea later on that it was, if they were in the event that they were compromised or captured by the alien forces, they would have no recollection of any of the the details of, of human living. I guess. I, I think that was the point that was made. It was fairly late into the movie. Right. But, but I, saying... I, I think that was the reason they were given that, in, in especially for Tom Cruise, if he had ever been captured by the, uh, what were they called? The the aliens? Um, the I think they're called scabs? Scabbies. Scabs. scabs. Short for scavengers. Yeah. Um, because the aliens come to Earth to scavenge the mm-hmm. resources of Earth, and that's why they... Ba- the basic backstory destroy. to this, which... The other thing that bothered me about this movie is the backstory is given to you uh, via monologue, uh, right? Which, if Exposition. they wouldn't have done that, if they wouldn't have done that, I still would have pieced it together, right? That always, almost never does a long dialogue in the very beginning of the movie to explain backstory. I always feel that's just pandering. Right. Uh, I always go back to a movie. Now that... you got to be careful though, because then it often turns into just character exposition, like super obvious character exposition. It takes it takes a lot of talent to weave it into dialogue right. naturally. But a per- a perfect example for me that a, a movie that actually took away from it is a movie called Dark City. I think it was 1995. Keith Sutherland. Keith Sutherland. Fat Keith um, Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, he's chubby as hell in that movie. And in the theatrical cut, there is a long line of dialogue by Keith or Sutherland explaining everything. Right. That in the director's cut is not there. Mm-hmm. And without that explanation, the movie becomes a whole lot more mysterious. If right. you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a brilliant film. It is. It's a really good movie. Um, but I would urge everyone to, to seek out the director's cut. Don't get the theatrical cut. I have se- uh, the theatrical version is the only version that I've seen because I definitely can remember the scene you're talking about. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a pretty it's, long. It's like, it's like a three, no, I don't know if it's the whole three minutes, but it's, it's pretty long. It's a pretty long piece of dialogue. And and everything could have been, because he goes back over it later, <laughs> like an hour into the film, he explains everything that mm-hmm. he just explained to the audience, to the main character. No, go, go check out the... the the director's cut of that. Okay, well, let's get in. Let's. Uh, well, what were your thoughts overall before we go any further? I I thought Oblivion was delightfully mediocre. Mm-hmm. It was visually brilliant. Um, I can't can't fault it anything on the special effects front because it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, as much as I don't want to like him, I do. He's a great actor. More importantly, he's. He's always in things that are entertaining. Like, there's yes. very few movies that I've been in where I wasn't entertained. Yeah, this is no exception. This was a pretty yeah. entertaining movie. It wasn't his um, best, obviously, but there were parts that bugged the piss out of me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the monologue in the beginning, 
I was like, that's completely unnecessary. And there's a scene where he's reenacting a football game that I thought, like, why is this just so happened to be in the one in a trillion places that something can land on Earth. Yeah, yeah. A drone. He's repairing drones with which I think we've established, and a drone lands, which is also in a trailer. So I'm not Mm -hmm. giving anything away. Lands in a uh, the last location of the last Super Bowl. Right. Which like. Really? Sometimes it's nice to have, you know, happenstances like that in movies for certain reasons. But the the only reason that that happens is so that Tom Cruise can talk about how it was where the last Super Bowl was played. It could have been in any football field and Mm -hmm. it would have been better because then then would have been like, okay, that's believable. This is some high school football field and he's reminiscing about the last football game on Earth. But no. He it says, falls in "Hey, the last this is, football. This is the Superdome where the last football game, the last uh, Super Bowl was played." Yeah, and then somehow, somehow the whole this thing. drone dropped he, in the and, one and, and square it, area. He reenacts it when it's been established that he is way too old. Like it happened seventy-five years ago. <laughs> he is—he's not—he's not old enough to have actually been there or know right. anything about it. So that part bothered me a bit. But other than that, without getting into spoilers, everything else is is pretty good. Morgan Freeman is Morgan Freeman, so you no no going wrong there. Um, Morgan Freeman. The the mystery of the film, there there's quite a bit of you know, the whole film is about discovery. It's a you know, Tom Cruise kind of figures out something isn't right. Discovery of the self. He's figuring out what isn't right. That, I thought, was was pretty good. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. I feel exactly... It's a film that exactly met my expectations, which Mm, when I watched the trailer for this movie and when I kind of saw and read a little bit about it, I was like, this is going to be a good movie. It's going to be all right. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be something I'm going to love. It's going to be something that come out of like, yeah, it was, it was good. Okay. Um, but if we can get into some spoiler territory, and now I'm going to try to figure out a way to... Time code it so that we can go to our it. next review. Yeah. Jump to 51 minutes and 37 seconds to skip any spoilers for Oblivion and jump direct- directly to our next review. Um, all right, so all right, we want to so go into spoiler let's mode. Let's get into some spoilers. The end of this movie was uh, the ver- the was very a end. Shot by shot recreation of the end of Independence Day. Holy shit! You it just was blew a my mind. shot by that shot. That wasn't what I was thinking of at was, all. That when when it's st- okay. So, listener, if you don't plan, you've either seen the movie or, or you, you don't, don't plan care. on seeing the movie. So, um, at the, it's revealed that, of course, the humans aren't aliens. You figure that out in the trailer. Uh, there is no remnant of humanity on Titan. They're all the, on Earth. They're, all the humans left are on Earth. The station that Tom Cruise and what's-her-face, the, the British chick, have been <laughs> reporting to is actually the alien ai that invaded earth right destroyed earth's moon and waged war with with earth and basically the ai won um it didn't destroy everyone obviously because there's still humanity left but it is now scavenging earth and taking yeah taking um 
water out of the ocean to use to power its fusion reactors. Right. Um, so you also find this, yeah. out that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise's character Jack, is a clone. That's correct. That has been cloned over and over and over, over again. like billions of times. It yeah, seems, ori- you see all the clones in the spaceship. Yep. Originally, I guess uh, the the aliens, Tom Cruise's character, it's revealed towards the end that he was like the first he and. I wish I could remember that other character's name. The British chick. The British uh, chick. They were the first to make contact with the AI when it was out, who knows where, in our solar in ti- system. At, at Titan. Oh, at Titan. Yes. Um, so what the AI did, cleverly, is it sort of like assimilated. We assume they killed you know, killed those two characters, uh, the originals. And assimilated then and then cloned. And uh, Tom Cruise was basically cloned to be the ground force yeah. for this uh, AI. And he came in by the thousands to take out what was left of humanity. And then after that was done, the clones were solely bred to be as a just a lookout force to repair drones and keep things intact on Earth while the AI sucked all of Earth's resources. Right. Uh, so Tom, Tom Cruise in this movie is obviously one of those, one of the many, 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 many clones. Many clones probably yeah. the many that are currently existing on Earth. Anyway, fast forwarding, they come up with the idea... Morgan Freeman and his band of merry men come up with the idea to send a a drone up, which plans change, and then it's Tom Cruise gets sent up in a ship with a nuke into an alien spaceship, fooling the alien spaceship, and then blows it up. Now, yeah. where have you heard of that happening that is, before? That is exactly like Not only that, Day. The, the doors that open up are just like the doors on the mothership in Independence Day. They're like triangular, I think, and they open up and spread out. The innards of the ship are vast and like bland and dark uh, charcoal metal, just like the innards of the mothership in Independence Day. There's two characters. It ends up Morgan Freeman is with him, white and black, (laughs) who go in (laughs) to the mothership. They encounter the alien force face-to-face, Morgan Freeman comes up, and uh, the roles are a little reversed because I guess uh, Tom Cruise would probably be Will Smith in this scenario. Tom Cruise lets out a one-liner, and then it, the everything blows up. Uh, you know what? That's that is exactly what happens. That is exactly what happens at Independence Day. Holy shit! I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Why is everyone comparing this movie to Moon? They should be comparing it to Independence just that, Day. Just that scene, though. Just that scene and the idea of going up right. to the mothership and giving them a cold. Or my <laughs> my thing, my my complaint was all that is fine. Actually, it's more than fine. It's awesome. But the um, <laughs> I, I kind of loved it. I was like, wow, was they're, like, yeah. they're they're unabashedly using this scene. My complaint was at the very end when another Tom Cruise clone comes traipsing over the mountain and sees the the love interest and she's like i guess you're my new husband <laughs> yeah like ah, i'm okay with this one clone well, as good as another when you think about it she was fully ready to shack up with the other tom cruise clone who is got a clone killed, got killed in the nuclear explosion she was fully ready to be like hey you're my husband knowing that he's not i guess really her still husband. though i mean it just seems really weird like well and there's more of them. They've established there's so many of them on this planet. Yeah, but I mean, she's like, one's like, going to be as good as the other. <laughs> when you think about it, like. They're genetically the got, same. I don't see what they're doing. They're genetically the same. 
Like I said, this movie, it tries to do quite a bit more than I think it's, it accomplishes. Yeah, but I would say that. If if you kind of push that aside, it's a really fun act, um, sci-fi film with kind of a, a elements of mystery in it. Yeah. I like... You know what I like in this movie? Something that, that, that sticks out to me, and it's not like they're spectacular. I, I like the idea of, of the, the drones who play, who kind of play role of a villain throughout mm-hmm. most of the movie oh, yeah. i mean they're the ba- yeah. they're basically the main representation of the mm-hmm. the ai forces and um i couldn't you, take themselves i couldn't take them seriously because it looked like one of the robots they look kind of uh, goofy from portal 2 <laughs> yeah they look like something out of portal they definitely do but uh except really big really big and really like With powerful like they're yeah they're plasma cannons just like wreck everything um, I just love that, that Jamie at. Lannister's in it. The guy, who, the guy who plays yes! Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Yes, he's in it as just some Jamie random is in dude. It. Uh, he plays a guy, guy with a, a good dies. shot. He's a guy yep, with a good he's shot. He's a sniper. He's a takes, sniper of some kind. Takes out a couple of the drones. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. No, I, I thought it was good. It, I thought it was good. I saw I, it for free at Regal because I had one free ticket. Oh, you went to Regal. For, I saw it. Regal. So I saw it at Penn Cinema. Um, or not Penn Cinema, I'm sorry, I saw it at Effort of Maine with a uh, friend and r- one of the reasons this show is going on, Eric Trivio mm-hmm. of erictrivio.com. Host of the show. Yeah, literally, he <laughs> the, provides the web, the web, web host. host of the show. <laughs> so big shout out to you, Eric, because I know you're listening because you don't want us to put you know put crap up on your website. <laughs> it's got an interesting plot. It's not... The most original thing ever. No, but it's no. not something that I feel like has been done to death necessarily. Uh, Other movies I mean, have I done can't, this before. So. Yeah, I can't think of any direct comparisons that do it the exact same way, though. I mean, can you? I mean, one uh, one that's coming out, it draws some serious parallels to what's probably going to be in Elysium. At the yeah. very least, the idea yeah. of like a humanity that's off in that's a paradise. What I, that's what I thought it was going after... In yeah. the first place, I thought when they revealed that the humans mm-hmm. w- or the aliens were actually humans, I thought, oh, then they're the, the humans, humans. Yeah. up in the this the the on Titan, they're like the cultural elite, and they're just right. leaving these people to die. That's right. where I thought they were going, and it didn't go. I will give the movie props in that it did fool me with its twist because mm-hmm. I oh, yeah. had also thought that I I thought immediately, oh, and maybe this is just because I had also seen the trailer for Elysium. And was just thinking along those lines, but I was like, "Okay, the humans actually started a war with each other, right?" And the humans that won were the bigoted elites, and they enslaved the rest, and they or they left them to die, yeah. etc. That's where I thought they were going um, with it, but that was not it. So, yeah, kudos right. to you, movie. Well, let's give this let's give this puppy a rating here. What what what, what do you say? I give it thirty three out of sixty. Um, Perfect Tom Cruise winks at the camera, which I don't know <laughs> if there are any necessary winks, but he ha- he has all those little looks that he he's still got him. He's still got him, even though he's a crazy Scientologist, uh, batshit insane guy. He's still got those little glances that make you go, Tom, you're our boy, buddy. You're all right, even when you're fighting yourself <laughs> in a clone <laughs> battle. I am going to give it twenty out of thirty-eight and a half antiques that he has to collect for seemingly no reason. He's nostalgic for shit he has no 
Yeah, that are supposed to have a lot of significance, but ultimately we don't. as the viewer ultimately go, well, that, that, that's, that's a bunch of trash. You're he kind of a, a hoarder, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you you have a problem. You You're a post-apocalyptic hoarder, and you need help. help. All right, well, let's, let's move on to our next film, a little-known, I'd say it's a, a low-budget independent film. It's got Paul Giamatti, but that doesn't say much. Well, Paul yeah. Giamatti was one of the producers, so he probably... Also, he's in anything. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in quite a bit. Oh, hey, Parker, it's good to have you back. Yeah, no, I've been here. Been here the whole time. Oh, quiet. really? Yep. Uh, no, just, I think I just think been have... angry uh, because I don't know why you're hating on that Neil Blomkamp movie, <laughs> Oblivion. That's like my new. I, I don't know. I mean, it just looks so epic, and you're just like, oh, we'll just see it at, at for the main. Who cares? It was really disappointing, man. I don't know what to say. Mm. That Elysium movie though, with Tom Cruise yeah. and that British chick, <laughs> that looks really good. So good. So. Uh, yeah, can we call this episode uh, "Parker Dies in the Middle"? <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's going to be called. Parker dies in the middle. John right. dies at the end. John dies at the end, starring Chase Williamson. Chase Williamson as Dave. Rob Mays. Rob Paul Mays as John Giamatti. Who's John? That Ro- would Rob, be Rob, Rob Mays. Mays. He dies at the end. He totally dies at the end. Spoiler alert! <laughs> spoilers. I don't know how many times I've heard that from people I've talked about this. I'm like, whoa! Spoiler alert! I'm like, oh my god! Yes, that's the joke. Yes, <laughs> you yes. definitely you pointed out the got joke. it. <laughs> you have ascertained the meaning of words. Now, to congrats, give, as some people say. Uh, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> That's a great joke. That's a great joke. So, John Dies at the End was directed by, I can never pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, Wong, David Wong. No. It, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the writer. It. It's uh, Don Coscarelli. Uh, Don Coscarelli. You know, I the can't remember things, but I can pronounce, pronounce the them. shit out I, of things. I, I have the exact opposite problem. <laughs> the director of a fan. Fantastic movie series called Phantasm. Which I've so seen none of. when I f- when I figured that out, I instantly threw out any hope of this movie making any sense <laughs> because all of his stuff usually usually doesn't make any sense. The most down to earth film that he's directed is Bubba Hotep. Yeah, in which, which is Elvis still- is not dead. He is in an East Texas rest home. With a black man who thinks he's John F. Kennedy, and they team up to fight a mummy back from the grave. <laughs> also, Bubba so down is earth. played by Bruce Campbell. Yes. So down to earth. So yes. awesome. So awesome. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. Yeah, it's it exactly is. what I it just described, awesome and it's brilliant. Yes. But that that is his most down to earth film. So. And then he decided to take something which the source material, the book John Dies at the End is equally ridiculous. <laughs> the It is written by a guy, David Wong, and he is a writer for Cracked. He's writing under a pseudonym. I don't know what his real name is, but he goes by David Wong on there. And so if you're familiar with those, um, what are those dumb, uh, you know, top ten lists. Yeah, Cracked does a lot of top ten lists. Go on the internet or top ten reasons this or that. But yeah, anyway, he used to write for them and uh, he wrote that book. And it's weird and awesome and great. So let's let's all right. Let me read. Well, do do you have the IMDb? I do. Let me. Yeah, why don't you read that? Let off. me read the synopsis, which will give you no insight into what this movie is actually. I about. I really want to know what they're in. Th- <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even really. Okay, John dies at the end. 
A new street drug that sends its users across time and dimensions has one drawback. Some people return as no longer human. Can two college dropouts save humankind from this silent, otherworldly invasion? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, that, okay, having read that, that, that's not even from now, my whoa, understanding whoa, whoa, before, what happened. Before right, you guys, before you get into it, to what the mo- the book does, but, but like. That's what the movie's about? Yeah, no. <laughs> Holy what? crap, I was off. <laughs> All right, let me start out by saying I left, um, I, I had to leave the screen, the viewing of this movie. In your basement. In my basement for a couple minutes. I have never left a movie for a matter of maybe <laughs> maybe two to three minutes. If and, that. And felt like I had missed more than half the movie. You you walked down. I remember you walked back downstairs, and it's completely silent. Where, you know, and then you, you just look at the film, and you're like, what the hell did I miss? <laughs> and we all just went, it's too complicated. <laughs> and you're like, in, really? In two minutes? I'm like, yes, in two minutes you miss that much. That it's is, too complicated. That is this kind of movie. Yeah, when Matt came upstairs and, like, I, I had to leave, so I didn't get to watch this. And uh, Matt ran upstairs with me, and I was just like, tell them to pause it or something. Because I was like, if it's anything like the book, if you were to, like, miss your bookmark by ten pages, you'd be like, or wait, three. what? I'd imagine a if you page. missed your bookmark by a paragraph, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is 99 minutes of you going, I am loving this, but I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what on. it is. It is hilarious. It is, it is incredibly really funny. funny. It's considered Everybody a, in it. Chase Williamson is just great as the character Dave. It's considered a dark horror comedy. I would yes. take out the dark. And uh, just say it's, it's just it's just a horror well, it's, comedy. It's dark, dark in the comedy. sense of con- conceptual. It's a dark comedy. There's yeah, some... but the comedy itself isn't always black. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I would say it's just a, a ridiculous. It's so dark over the comedy. top. I love Paul Giamatti in this film. He just he just brings his A game as he always does to yep. even the most minuscule of roles. The standouts I would say though are the two leads. They both do a very Rob great Mays job. Rob and, I mean, and Chase Williamson. Chase Williamson. Who's what else has he been in? I've definitely seen him in in stuff. He hasn't been in much, okay. but um, he just looks like he a just guy. looks yeah, really he, familiar. He, he looks well. He looks like an everyman. He's he's which, one of those guys. Yeah, and then. John's just this like funny pseudo jock, but's also like super out there, and it's great. In the beginning yeah. of the film, John, played by Rob Mays, calls up Dave, played by Chase Williamson. So he's, he's talking to him over the phone in code, and he says some ridiculous line of, of you know, string of dialogue, and and Dave says, "Oh, that that's code for bring my tools and come over here." And then he says. He says, hey, make sure you remember to try to kill the president. And he goes, that's code for me bringing him beer. <laughs> it's, it's, and it, and it's, that's in the first like five minutes of the film. Yeah. And it just kind of sets the tone for what well, we're going to expect. And it's, it's, just, it's just delightful. If, if I may, I, I'd like to make my review a recap of a single scene in this movie, which sort of exemplifies what you're going to get. When okay. You watch it. Which scene is this? Okay, this is probably maybe ten minutes in, if that. The door. Uh, Are we talking about yes. the door? <laughs> John, John, and and Dave have uh, answered the plea. So they basically play these pseudo crime paranormal investigators, paranormal, yeah. whatever. Yeah. They take cases or what have you like, of, of uh, those natures. Supernatural. Well, yes, sure. Yes. It, it kind of feels like supernatural was... for a while until it gets really weird <laughs> and yeah, like even beyond yeah. what supernatural would ever do. Um. So. 
they are these pseudo paranormal investigators. They uh, answer this plea of a young woman who reminds uh, Dave a lot of this girl that he was involved with. Reminds yeah. him a lot. Mm-hmm. So obviously he wants to help her, and and so does John. Who is John a thinks. is a, a short brunette haired, right? Wide eyed, wide eyed. Yeah, yeah. So they go with her. She says she's been bothered by her boyfriend who's been dead. And they're like, oh, that sounds like our line of work. They go over. They're talking with her about it. They go into the basement. John says something to the effect of like, yeah, I'm glad you let me help this girl. She's really hot. And she reminds me of my ex-girlfriend. And Dave's like, wait a second. <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend, <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend has ex-girlfriend boobs does, and has boobs and is blonde. She doesn't look anything like this girl who looks like my ex yeah. whatever romantic interest and then they realize they've both been seeing a different person immediately after they realize this the girl collapses in a tower of of snakes, snakes. she yeah, melts she's, she's into she melts into snakes there's snakes everywhere in the basement that just start attacking them it John becomes like starts Jones. screaming like a little girl John starts <laughs> screaming like a bitch uh, uh, soon after this meat that is in all shapes and forms including what appears to be a human brain unpiles out of a, a, a giant deep freeze, uh, coalesces into a human form, and starts to approach John and Dave. John, attempting to get out, goes up the stairs in the basement, goes to a door handle, which immediately takes the, the shape of a large human penis. <laughs> John stares down at Dave as he follows him and tries to get out, and he says, Dude, we cannot open that door. That, no, no. His exact words <laughs> oh, were, yeah. That door that can door never cannot, be opened. That door can never be opened. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back downstairs. Um... The uh, reanimated corpse thing of all these meats um, says that he wants to speak to this TV host uh, whose name escapes me. Marconi. Marconi. His arch nemesis. They call up this guy who's basically like uh, a a hyper-realized version of, uh, I don't know... The, that like paranormal John uh, John Edwards John he's like a hyper right. celebrity like, version like of John, John Edwards, Edwards but then mixed with like I don't know who's like the most famous speaker that you would see like I don't know like I don't a know. mix of John Edwards and some TV preacher I'd yeah, say yeah like a TV televangelist right. slash supernatural but then also slash actually popular because right on every rock TV star yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah he's like a they rock call star. this guy up he, he's you know getting ready to go on stage with his two beautiful twin girls to follow him around. Yeah. <laughs> He, he asks. He asks uh, John and Dave to put him on the phone with the meat demon, uh, fan, whatever, phantasmagoria thing. <laughs> they uh, hand over the phone. You don't hear what's said, but obviously Marconi says something, and the meat collapses as it and disperses as if it's been destroyed. Yeah, like Marconi, a, a giant John, light, white light. Yeah, and then it's just like gone. Yeah, Mar- like, Marconi well. is played by Clancy Brown. And whom the, is I, I think best known for Highlander. He yeah. plays yeah. the main bad guy in Highlander, right? But he's like all this slicked back, you know, <laughs> like really looking sharp. <laughs> so then, after that happens, I think either John looks at Dave, Dave looks at John, and just says he's good. He's good, and that's <laughs> the end of the scene. That's the end of the that scene. That is one. That is probably three to four minutes. It, that yeah, entire thing yeah, that I just exi- explained. And that's and not it even have close. Anything, and it doesn't have anything to do. Like, if they cut that scene out, you wouldn't be lost, except that character development. Right. Like, it's not like none of that pertains to None of that has anything to do story. with the story. Other than just all. the idea of, like, there's some weird <laughs> shit going down in this here movie. I just, yeah. And that's not even close to the, the, the weirdest scene. I no, 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 no
there is so much so of that's this movie what you're that I for. just that I just kind of sat back and we're all just watching it and laughing and I'm going, this is so weird. If you're the kind of person, this movie makes no sense, yeah. but I'm I'm loving it. If you're the kind of person that says this is weird with negativity more than positivity positivity in your life you won't like this movie no no absolutely If you're the kind of person that finds yourself saying this is weird and it's awesome i (laughs) I think uh we watched it with um jordan uh host one of the hosts of ninja's podcast Podcast. plug yep plugging that no we're not plugging them they haven't plugged us in the past two episodes cut out their name and I think that Jordan was hoping this movie had like a concise A to B story because he <laughs> he kept seeing very annoyed <laughs> that this movie was not making well, any no, sense. No, I mean his his biggest annoyance, which spoilers. No, no, you don't have to tell. Okay, I won't. Because this is pretty fun. No, yeah, yeah don't okay. spoil anything. I won't, I won't spoil Regardless it. of the fact the movie doesn't make any sense, don't spoil anything. Yeah, I won't. I but won't. yeah, th- there are parts of the movie where he was just like, what. What the hell? And we actually had to rewind it. it to watch to watch parts again, like at the very end. You like Re- rewind that, rewind that. Now, uh, having only read it and not watched it, and I'll say that I'll probably, I mean, having read it, I I would probably pick up on some of the scenes. The IMDb uh, description is basically a general idea of what happens in the book. Okay, this the street drug though is That's the soy sauce. The, the soy, soy sauce. sauce I wouldn't. There's like maybe a two minute window where you would think that it's actually a street drug. It's clearly presented as something that's very otherworldly, not something that's being manufactured. It's. Oh. I, but but again, I mean, the, at that, that point in the movie, I was so invested. But yeah, into this, like, I was like, tr- I don't that, care. The uh, the the idea of it being a street drug isn't really e- explained in the in the book, other than that the that druggy. Spreads it around. Uh, has it to different? Yeah. Know, so I just I, mean, I that like, uh, that that Jamaican dude is absolutely that's amazing. Hilarious. And then he and then when he's he's hanging out with they're hanging out in a restaurant, and uh, Dave had had a run in with this Jamaican guy who uh, very like David Blaine style was just doing magic at a party, and Dave was trying to like you know like uh, dis debunk everything yeah. he was doing, yeah. and then he he like you know basically like lays it all out there like he word for word recounts a dream that Dave had the night before and Dave's kind of like freaked out because it's absolutely true. Yeah. And, and, uh, and later, you know, so, but he's, but he's very annoyed at this Jamaican guy. And then later when they're, they're at a restaurant, like J- Dave's like, he's like, Oh yeah, that Jamaican guy. And John's like, yeah, what was his name? And he's like, Oh, uh, Robert Marley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, Robert Marley. And he, and Dave's like, Oh, I also love that figures. it. I also love that it, lo- it jumps from him doing like little magic tricks, like pulling a <laughs> bug out of the back of his ear. To then he's like, "Would you like to know when the first nuclear bomb will hit American soil, man?" <laughs> he's like, "What? Would you like to know? You know when you will meet the love of your life, and when she would you will like die? to know when she'll die?" <laughs> it's just like, ah, no. <laughs> this movie is everything that I've come to expect from this director. Like I said, I've I've seen. Three out of four of the Phantasm films, and uh, Baba Hotep, and it, it. If you haven't seen the Phantasm films, seek them out. They're great. Doesn't matter what order you watch them in; they won't make any sense to you at all. <laughs> Go in reverse for some. Real I fun. actually did. I saw Phantasm two first on on a a cable late night cable show called Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision. And I, I'm, I'm like 12 years old, and I'm watching this movie, and I say to myself, 
wait, why are they only showing the second one? Last week they showed Road Warrior. And then the host comes on and goes, a lot of you might be wondering why we're showing the second one. None of them make any sense, so we just pick this one. <laughs> That's so. great. Yeah, now, uh, I will say that, um, you know, I was following this movie in production very closely because I, I have read the book twice, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, and then when it was released subsequently, I did see that it was getting pretty bad reviews. Um, it, it has an okay Rotten Tomatoes score. Not great. I think it's in um, its, like, 60s, I yeah, think. Yeah, and the, the one of the biggest problems I read is that, um, you know, coming into it, especially if you are, like, it, it is very much closer, like, close to a book. It's like a book. There's a lot of narration mm-hmm. in right. its head. Like, it, they really tried to keep the, the the best parts of the book, and a lot of the book is Dave narrating in his head because Dave's the right. protagonist and that who's who. Uh, perspective we see through the book right. and so they do a lot of and people i guess just don't like that or something you know they don't respond well to it especially in a horror action no, movie i i think the biggest problem people would have is that it's it's unabashedly just off the wall and this and movie crazy and weird and doesn't doesn't go out of its way to explain itself at yeah. all and and if it did it would cheapen everything exactly so, this if film kind of takes people that don't like that. Right. This film takes traditional filmmaking and kind of turns it on its ear, and and does it unapologetically. It just it doesn't care. You either you either enjoy it or you right. don't. Right. And if you don't, then it wasn't made for you. And so it it it, it really just seems like this is it. Right. And with, if you don't get it, too bad. <laughs> well, I I don't understand why people don't cut it the same slack that they cut. Like I mean, obviously that's more of a masterpiece, but like two thousand and one, that mo- that movie was made and was released at slightly before, like a few weeks before, because he worked with Arthur C. Clarke, Stanley Kubrick. They worked mm-hmm. together. Yeah, they worked. It together. was released before the book was released. Right. So it was almost a trailer, like a long two-hour right. trailer for the for book. the book. And the book is very good and very explanatory, mm-hmm. and you yeah. understand mostly. You understand what's happening. But the movie is way out there. Like, if you saw nothing, mm-hmm. if you read nothing and just watched the movie, you'd be like, "What is?" Oh yeah, it's the, the last, kind of movie the where once you minutes. finish it, you go immediately to Wikipedia. Yeah, you're like, yeah, exactly. what I did with this movie. <laughs> right. So, so that being said, like, it, it's the sim- it's a similar idea. Like, you're gonna watch it, you're gonna appreciate it for what it is, and then if you feel like you want to know more, read the book, and you will be like, "Oh, okay, it makes sense." Well. And I think a more apt comparison would be everything in David Lynch's career. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of why, that shit. Why isn't is fun. Lost Highway considered yeah. a masterpiece? Yeah, right. And this is considered and a lot crap of that shit. When just this is isn't way fun. more entertaining than Lost Highway. Right. Was. At least this doesn't make sense, and I'm loving it and right. having yeah. fun. Absolutely. A lot I, of David Lynch is like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. I sat through, and Lost, I also don't care. <laughs> I sat through Lost Highway. Uh, in between, we're losing a lot of listeners for being. David Lynch panners, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I, not that he, I pan everything that he right. does, but there's. I don't hate some. David Lynch, but I, I, there are moments where I'm just like, you're just being weird for the sheer yeah. sake of being weird. Yep. Someone told me, oh, you got us. You lost. Uh, it was one of the my friends or an acquaintance. Not anymore. Not anymore. You didn't like Lost Highway. No, no, I, I don't like this guy for many more reasons. But anyway, oh, okay. uh, uh, an individual that I used to talk to told me. Oh, you got to watch Lost Highway. And he's one of these guys that, oh, it doesn't make any sense? That means it's deep and meaningful. And it's an important <laughs> film. Ugh. 
and I feel like that Lost Highway try, like tries to do something like that, where it's like this is deep and meaningful and important. Where John dies at the end is like, no, <laughs> this is not deep. It's not meaningful, and it's great and it's wonderful. If you want to pull so meaning enjoyable. out of it, hey, more power to you. Yeah, if, <laughs> but that, I'm not driving it down your throat, and I'm certainly not taking yeah. your hand to find it. I'm sure there might be some deep meaning. Like there might be, sure. But I'm having too good of a time to care. A lot it's of the movie, so funny. Yeah, a, a lot of the movie honestly feels like just taking crazy far out concepts in like sci-fi and and like physics, and just just throwing them in a mishmash together and yep. being like, let's just have fun. Let's see. Yeah. Let's exactly. just let's just do crazy a, stuff because we can because this is fiction, and yeah. So seek this movie out. There's a lot of ways you can find it. Uh, I know it's on on demand right now. Well, it was on demand. It's I no longer on demand. Check that it's not there, but it is on like Amazon Instant Watch, mm-hmm. which you can get through your um, PlayStation pretty easily. It's also on DVD and Blu-ray that you can pick just, up. Just I'm sure. It. I'm sure it's on. I'm it's sure so it's on. It's so cheap. You could just buy it, and you will love it. And if, if even if, if you, you don't, it's a movie. You, if you don't love it, you know someone who will. No, it, give it to and them. And it's a great movie to. Movies like this are great to sit around and see everyone's reactions. Yeah. Because not everybody's yeah. going to love it. There no. are going to be some people who are like, what? But it's still good to have those experiences with people and to because some people will love it and some people will hate it. Yep. Yeah. I, and I, also, it's it's great. Like, it's a great movie to watch, like, again. You know, like, oh, not definitely. a million times, but maybe a few at least. Uh-huh. Just to oh, be yeah. like, what? And then watch it with different people to yeah. be like whatever and laughing about it so i i think it's a great movie yeah and, I, and, I love it you know it's independent we want to support that and hey David support Wong's support the guy. artists yeah absolutely support right. support, support the artists. right Mind if all I right download some music okay cool <laughs> um <laughs> where, where i'll yeah, do my writing that, first you th- yeah support the artist coming from you is just <laughs> ironic <laughs> in so many ways well film artists film artists <laughs> fuck there's, musicians there's way too much music for me to support everyone um I'm gonna give this. Yeah, let's get let's get let's get some ratings. Eighty-eight out of ninety-five times that Dave has to uh, lodge an axe into the head <laughs> of a, a disem or a reanimated yes. uh, skinhead, uh. which is within <laughs> Dude, the that first. Scene, that's minute. the first scene that's of the like film. The very first thing in that's the movie. That's also like a, an early passage from the book that like really gives you a taste of like what you're about to be in for. Because yep. this whole setup. Is this like the beginning of the movie? Is this amazing setup of just the supernatural nonsense, just to make like some dumb philosophical question? Like, like I wonder, I wonder if an axe is the same after you <laughs> after you replace you replace the handle and then subsequently the head. Is it still the same axe? <laughs> it's just like one of those philosophy one hundred and one questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Oh, of course no, it is. It isn't. <laughs> my uh, rating is. You didn't see it, Parker. My rating read it. is a hundred out of a hundred. <laughs> This is going to be the only rating I ever give, (laughs) and it's 100 out of 100 uh, giant wangs having turned from a doorknob. Okay. All right. Wouldn't wouldn't, uh, A Christmas Carol be a bit bit more fun of a read if instead of Bob Marley on the door (laughs) handle, it's just a giant dick? This door (laughs) cannot be opened. Were Scrooge's senses <laughs> deceiving him, or was there a giant phallus upon his door? <laughs> my uh, my rating would be one out of one 
times that Angus Scrim comes on screen and I go, holy shit, that's Angus Scrim! And everyone in the room goes, who the hell are you talking about? When when was he in it? Oh, he I, he was just in it for like like one or two lines. Because I know what I, he looks like. Honestly, He's I can't remember. Grim. He was just sitting there like talking to them. I forget who he was in the... Oh, okay. oh he was the priest. He was the priest that's uh, on the nice. phone with him oh, okay. and says, honestly, son, you're fucked. <laughs> Actually, he wasn't. He was sitting that whole time, so that's why I didn't even yeah, think that's to why, associate. Yeah, I think at that point I just was like, "Yes, Angus Scrim," and <laughs> and a couple of people were like, "Who the hell is Angus Scrim, and why are you so excited to see him?" All right, so that about that about wraps it up for us here. Uh, what movies are we seeing next week? <laughs> well, I mean, other than Iron Man three, everybody knows we're seeing. We're not Iron doing Man an 3. official review of it, so can we can we at least recommend the Place Beyond the Pines? I mean, you liked it. Oh, I loved I loved Place Beyond. Yeah, the Place Pines. Beyond the Pines definitely worth seeing. So yeah, go see definitely it. go see it. Definitely. Go see it. Should I go see it? You should, you should you definitely should, go see you it. You should see it. Cool, cool. Ninety ninety five out of a hundred Ryan Gosling pines not that are not the saying place. not saying lines and just yep. just looking my, looking good for the ladies. My, uh, same number, but how many times Ryan Gosling's voice cracks when he's yelling at people? Uh, yeah. Great. I thought that was great. His okay. yelling voice is quite entertaining. So we're definitely seeing uh, Iron Man 3. Oh, and we're seeing Paranorman. Yes. For the Netflix review, so we're going to see that. You got yourself that. a deal, Chris. All right. Deal with the devil. Who, who's the who's <laughs> the devil in this situation? Me. Is, are you calling <laughs> Netflix the devil? It is red. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Everything red. Have you ever noticed how there's always 666 recommended movies for you and your family? Huh? (laughs) Have you ever noticed at the end of every movie there's a backwards clip of a Led Zeppelin song that happens (laughs) to be telling you to go kill your loved ones? Huh? I did notice that. Yeah. Well, you know, now that you mention it, no, no, I still don't see it. I mean, I haven't noticed those things Uh, because I I just said them. I didn't either. (laughs) All right. Well, all right. Well, before we go, I just want to tell everybody: uh, be sure to find us and like us on Facebook. You're already on there. Just do it. Yeah, Come you're on. already spending. Today. Turn off Farmville. Head over to Facebook. Or head over. To, head, head over, over to, to Facebook. Enter the Critic. We are already there. That go, was go fast. Hit, hit you're like. on Facebook right now. Yeah. I know you right. are. Yeah, you you totally are. are. Just, Just stop it. Stop Click checking out it. that girl who's not going to get with you anyway. Never going to get with you. She's already She's married. Probably, you already graduated yeah. high school. You don't see her. Just quit, stop, quit, Matt. Quit I mean, me. just stop. <laughs> I mean, others. Other, other you. People who aren't me. That's not me. Just cut it out, all right? Um, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, please... Rate us on iTunes, leave a review. That would really uh, make me feel good. <laughs> even if both of those, <laughs> I don't think it would do anything else pathetic, other than the other pathetic than maybe, expression that Chris had just then. <laughs> other than make me feel like I'm actually doing something. I did go on. I did go on to our iTunes and checked out a what we're recommended as like with other. Um, Podcast and apparently we are most like or related to Kevin Pollock's podcast. Nice. So I was like, sweet. All right, I'll take it. I'm okay with that. And one of the reviews, I don't know who who left it. One, uh, there was two reviews on there. Two reviews. Nice. For one, another critic. Yes. Wh- okay. One was from our good friend Tony Skiles. Thank you, thank you, Tony. 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 He you gave us he gave us five best. stars. Said we're 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 all right. Uh, 
Five stars. It's all right. <laughs> no, I, forget I, love, exactly. I love reviews like that. Five stars. It was pretty good. <laughs> I forget exactly okay. what he said. He, he, he basically said, like, these guys are great. Someone else left us a five-star review. The show is shitty, but they're great guys. <laughs> trust me. They're good people. I hated they listening <laughs> to every second of this, but trust me, if you knew these guys in person, you'd be like, they're, they're all right. They're all right. They're yeah, good. Parker helped me move once. So it's cool. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'm obligated to give this show that he worked on five stars, so there's my review. The other review, and I don't know who it, who it was from, gave us a five-star rating, and the review they gave us reads like a like an ad done by Paul Shear on how did this get made. And that's probably what it was. <laughs> it's the, the review went something like, if you're looking for an average run-of-the-mill pod, uh, movie podcast, <laughs> then go somewhere else. <laughs> These guys are fantastic. <laughs> they're funny, and they know a lot about movies. And I'm like, this, I don't know who this person is, but they're great. It's probably <laughs> they're Jeffrey. I w- if I were to take a guess, I would say that's Jeffrey Lawton. I would guess that it's George Zimmerman. E- either, either way. Either way, I'm fine. But if you could go on to... Like if you made that review uh, and you are listening to yeah, the show, reach out, to us. reach out and touch faith. That's because right. we have a bet going. Uh, we have a thousand big ones on the line. <laughs> big ones being uh, big old game pieces from... Uh, from Game pieces? Game, from pieces. game of Thrones. Game of th- <laughs> Some so. big ones. Yeah, big old thrones. But, um. <laughs> big old thrones. <laughs> that sounds worse than giving away money. <laughs> We're giving away a thousand replicas of the Iron Throne. It cost us over three million dollars. Or as I to like to say, these. thick old brones. <laughs> <laughs> we got a thick old, a thousand thick old bones. We're gonna yeah. give away. Yeah? Oh God! Anyway, the, the whole point, the whole the point of this, game. the whole point of this, uh, I guess on Facebook side, was like this on Facebook. <laughs> Please rate Have and review us. Have we gotten that point across yet? <laughs> Please, for the love of oh, all that oh is good. Oh, God, I need to know that someone other than my mom, who just got around to listening to uh, episode one today. I thought your parents were through thick and thin supporters of this show. Oh, yeah, that doesn't mean they're listeners. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wide gaping difference between supporters. They're like, oh, good, oh, good, our son's doing something else again. That's great. So they, oh, they, you want us to listen to it? I don't know about that. <laughs> they supported it in the sense that they didn't disown you when you started doing it. So that's good. They supported me in the sense that they they humor me when I go, "Hey, podcast is pretty doing pretty good." Chris, Chris, now tell me again, what's a podcast? <laughs> oh, that that right. thing that quick, you do. Quick, 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 quick aside, quick story to explain how my parents cannot operate technology to save their lives. <laughs> They went on a Enter trip. Enter the parental story critic. <laughs> they went. They went on a ten-day road trip, and they wanted something to listen to. So I lent them my iPod and said, "I have the first, or uh, the first four Game of Thrones audiobooks on here." And I showed them how to use it and where to go. Mm-hmm. They started with book four and listened to all of book four first. <laughs> Without any prior knowledge of Just the other books. All they've seen is all they've seen is the TV show. <laughs> and so Your my mom, my mom comes back. Wait, so people. did they watch season one and two, and then what? Read book. They four? watched. They watched. They watched season one all the way through. I don't know how far they got in season two. <laughs> and then read book. And then four, read book four. Basically. And my mom <laughs> comes back from their trip, and she hands me this. She goes, 
I this I don't know. You really like this book series? It was really confusing. And my dad is behind her going, didn't make any sense. <laughs> like I was so lost. <laughs> What's going on in this book series? I'm like, well, how far did you get? And she's like, I don't know. A bunch of this stuff happens, and this happens. And I'm thinking none of that happens in book one. What are you talking about? So she basically inadvertently spoiled a whole bunch of stuff for you. Like <laughs> she's like, oh, you know what? No, this no, no. I had, like, I had, I had, I had read, I had oh, read okay. up through book gotcha, four. Gotcha, gotcha. But like, I'm, I'm thinking back, like, okay, because she explained it in really broad terms. She's like, there's a princess in the tower, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what princess? And then it occurs to me, like, oh God, you started book four. That's hilarious. So, I like it. Oh, God. You like, listened to the audio version of Rapunzel as narrated by Morgan Freeman? We accidentally just listened to uh, Tangled, a book a book read-along. On repeat. <laughs> on repeat for, for six hours. Six hours. Rapun- I cannot believe my parents made it through Rapunzel all of book was four. the fairest maiden in all of the seven kingdoms. Her mom was mean. <laughs> I just, I just can't believe. Like, and I, I, I said to them, like, I, I showed you how to work this. And my dad goes, No, 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 no. You showed her how to work this, <laughs> which means I had to work it, and I had no clue what I was perfect. doing. That's the perfect, that's the perfect, uh, you know, marriage right there. Like, that's how every my my parents very successful marriage, and they love just blaming each other for everything. <laughs> <laughs> this was their fault. Yeah. No, no. That's, don't lay that at my door. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, yeah, give us a good rating on iTunes. <laughs> also, like us on Facebook. And also, like us on Facebook. On Facebook. Uh, and the critic. Special thanks again to Eric Terribio for hosting this I just, I just like to, <laughs> I just like to add that last episode, Chris was like, all right, we really need to nail this down, do two movies, this thing's getting a little long, and we've just spent like 15 minutes talking about his parents. <laughs> Yeah, and you can't cut this. If you cut this, I will hunt you down. I'll cut you. I'll gut you real quiet. All right, I'll leave this part. Oh, <laughs> uh, no editing. Wait, uh, I, don't well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Everything is gold. Uh, also, want to thank uh, Bobby Roberts for the use of our theme songs the off the Geek Remix albums. You can check them out at geekremix.com. I don't know if you mentioned this, Chris, but they are free. They are free to download. download. Free. Download them. They're great. They're amazing. Check them out. So, all right. Well, until next time, I'm Chris Klump. I'm Parker Lindstrom. Damn it! <laughs> we'll see you next time. Wait! Wait, I'm <laughs>